Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Continue. I, I think if you're looking for the mistake that the one place that hasn't been examined yet is that they took a reach with a high pick. And those always look more egregious than if James Wiseman was picked 24th. Because he was second, he's supposed to play for 10 years. And there's no evidence yet that he'll be able to do that. And the people who talk about his abundance of skills are guessing because they didn't see him either. They have grainy film from three college games. That's it. So they, we don't know what James Wiseman is. What we know is... Well, but James Wiseman has also been projected to be like the number one pick in the draft from the time he's like eight years old. So he had been watched quite carefully and closely, even what? though we didn't get a big sample size of his early college career. You know, th but, there's a reason why somebody is projected to be the best player of his generation years throughout their middle school years. Well, I'll tell you what. When you can show me the 11-year-old that makes the NBA, I'll buy that logic. But the fact is, the leap from high school to college is a lot less severe than the leap from high school to pros. And when you pick a 19-year-old and you are hoping that what you saw in that very limited sample size at Memphis is going to translate to something, you are operating not on knowledge but on guesswork. Right, and, but and, it's and always no impressive how, who makes and, the McDonald's All-American game, though. You know what I mean? But you know what? Not all of them make it. Not all of them, And the no. truth is, he might be one of those. He might be. But the fact is, they said, we need a big guy, and we're going to take the 19-year-old with less than 70 minutes of college experience, and we're going we're gonna to try to project that. And... The, right. It's not a perfect. It's not a perfect no. thing. Like I mean, Felipe Lopez. Everybody, Felipe Lopez was the hottest thing ever out of New York City. Preordained to be the single next greatest everything in basketball. He goes to St. John's. He gets drafted. Never heard of again. Yeah. Oh no. And it happens a lot. What I'm saying is, the Weissman conundrum, as weird as it is, starts off weird because the Warriors, who usually have been relatively conservative in terms of player acquisition. You know, we want we want proven guys who give us stuff that we specifically want. Drafted a guy who was essentially a blank slate, and I, you know who was they weren't going to take you know Lamelo Ball. They didn't need him. They weren't going to take Tyrese Halliburton because again, they've got guards. Felt redundant. Those would have been perfect players and better options. Yeah, knowing but, what we know now. Yeah, Desmond Bain. You know that might have been the best option, even though he he's also a guard. But they needed some semblance of height and, and big man presence. And Wiseman looked like he could be that. But without the evidence to back it up. And not to poke at you, but to say that they needed some semblance of height and a big man. Did they? Shouldn't they have known better and known who they are and where their true identity and DNA comes from? It's a level of small ball that even though it feels like another guard would have been a redundant pick based on who your guards were at the time, it's the right pick. But they, you can't know what Desmond Bain's going to be. 
Right. And you can't Same know. Same way couldn't know what yeah. Wiseman was going to be. Yeah. So at least fit the, the guy who fits your system. Well, the thing is, though, the guys who fit their system have been David West types, JaVale McGee types, guys who have been around the block at the NBA level. They've not been home run hitters in the draft for the most part. And right, but JaV- wasn't JaV- I mean, JaVale, he had the experience, obviously, and experience matters. Oh, he wasn't but, a difference maker, but he could give them 12 minutes, which is what they needed from him. Right. And but and here's the thing. Nobody ever accused JaVale McGee of having a high basketball IQ. No one even gave him that benefit of the doubt when he was wearing a Warriors uniform. He was, you know, made fun of for being a a a a a ball of raw athletic clay that no one could ever really figure out. And they figured that out with him. Why couldn't they have figured it out in some way, shape, or form with James Wiseman? I, I do not know. Because I think JaVale McGee knew how to be an NBA center, and James Wiseman didn't. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and but, that, but that's my point. It's that the Warriors, who usually don't take dramatic chances, took a dramatic chance. And dramatic chances are at best a coin flip and very often not. It's a three-sided coin in which two of them say loser. And here is, to me, the weird part of it all, which makes this an odd kind of thing to discuss, is I would have taken that chance too. James Wiseman was a sexy enough physical prospect to where having just devil's advocated every single thing you brought up, I still pick James Wiseman in the moment, knowing what we knew at that moment. I do. I would have also maybe pivoted off of the James Wiseman decision the millisecond I heard Clay Thompson, which happened right before the draft started, tore his Achilles. That made that might have made me think, well, maybe that guard that would have been a little redundant or an abundance of a position is now more of a need than James Wiseman even is because Clay ain't here no mo, at least not for this upcoming year. So again, but, it's all it's all easy to to go, you know, see everything twenty twenty in hindsight. But it's just it, it's an unfortunate thing. There's no doubt about it, and the Warriors are still licking their wounds over it, and they ended up making a trade that allows them a player who is going to be a uh, can't-play scenario, too, which sucks because they need a player. Uh, Vince in San Jose. What do you got, Vince? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Um, my whole thing is this. What a huge disappointment for the Warriors. I know it's somewhat of a heartbreak to me. I was big on Wiseman for, you know, a a really long time. I liked him out of the draft, but, you know, it's obvious now that they missed on that pick. My question to you guys, looking at the way LaMelo plays, I know they didn't need him at at the time, but if you figure that the Warriors picked LaMelo at that second spot, they wouldn't be in the predicament that they're in now, and they would have maybe, possibly, a generational talent. Because when I watch LaMelo, he's got length, he's got ball skill, he's got phenomenal vision. Um, gosh, did the Warriors miss on that pick? Look, did they ever look, so miss on If LaMelo is that good on a Charlotte team that isn't good, would he have wore beige and blended in perfectly with the Warriors? Or would it be what Draymond was talking about? What... James Wiseman's probably hoping, you know, on a really bad team that doesn't have a set of rules that it lives by, I can flourish as a player who looks better than he actually is because I get to put up some gaudy fat numbers because I'm out here for 36 minutes a night. Yeah, It would have been fascinating. I wish we could go back in time. I I wish we could run that experiment, too. I wish we had a multiverse and we could go to the second timeline where the Warriors did indeed draft LaMelo Ball. What would that have looked like three years into that? I think you'd have had a very frustrated LaMelo Ball. Because I don't know that, I mean, you know, what are you going to do with Poole then? Because you've taken Poole the year before. I mean, do you you write Poole off? No, I don't think so. Okay, then. Now you've got now you've got draft picks that are guard guard on a team that's already guard guard heavy. The fact the the biggest problem that the you know Warriors it's funny have, though they're always guard guard heavy yet they've never not been in a situation where they don't need another guard. 
Except that at some point, you have to have a big guy to get rebounds, even if he's not dynamic. I mean, Andrew Bogut wasn't dynamic, but, you know, he gave you rebounds. He gave you shot blocking. He gave you a pick that people felt. And that's the Warriors wanted. But I'm looking at the 2020 draft, and there's almost no centers on it. I mean, period. I mean, hey, look at the 2020 draft. There's not many NBA players on it. Period. No, what I'm saying is just looking at the position, ignoring all the numbers to the right. Yeah. There's almost no center at all. Right. Well, it's, it's a dying it's a it's a dying position in the in the world of basketball. There's no doubt. When we come on back, by the way, uh, what did Steph Curry think of the James Wiseman era? We've got Bobby Marks live at five and we need to get into a day's full of uh, days worth of NFL news that actually has some interesting stuff for us to talk about concerning the NFL today. So don't you go anywhere. Damon and Ratto coming back around the corner here. We are brought to you by Five Hour Energy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. You can check us out on YouTube. It's all right there for you. You can go back through the show, through the day, any segment that you might have missed on this show, the morning show, either of the midday shows. It is all there for you on YouTube. Smash the subscribe button, kids. That's what the kids say, right? I'll have to take your word for it. Smash it. I try to avoid kids. Yeah, I know. And other forms of human life. So I wanted wanted to press this, the Weissman point a bit. There were only four pure centers taken in that draft. Weissman played more minutes than the other three combined. So the shop is pretty bare already. Then if you look at all the guys who were combo forward centers, they're all 6'8", 230. Could have been small ball guys. But none of them are. The problem is they needed someone big. Their cap situation was such that they couldn't sort of shop in the, you know, in the, in the veteran aisle because if they sign a guy for 10 million, it's 80 million. So they've got this second pick and what are you going to do with it? You're not going to take another guard. You've, you've, you've already, you've taken, you're, you're up to your eyelids in guards. You need a big guy. Weissman turns out to have been the only option. And even now, 
he has better numbers than any of the other centers who got taken in that draft. One amendment to that raise, Onyeka Okongwu, the center out of SC, was taken six overall by Atlanta. I know he's only 6'9", and he's one of the guys you were saying, power forward slash center, but he does play backup five for them, and he has been pretty good. And, I mean, what is Kevon Looney? He's 6'8", 6'9". But I think they wanted somebody who was bigger than Kevon Looney or Onyeka Okongwu. I think they wanted a guy who could be a serious shot changer just by the, his presence there. And, you know, yeah, I suppose they could have taken a Kongwu, but you're still playing small ball. And I think they wanted to have more versatility on the defensive side of the ball. And that's where you have to have a guy who's 6'11", 7 foot, you know, basically, you know, built like a, like a Brinks truck. And that's what Wiseman looked like. And there's here's the thing too, and it, you know, for everyone who's saying, "Well, should have been Lamelo," it's easier to say that now because we're three years down the road and you're seeing what he became. Let's not forget where Lamelo was operating from as this draft was starting. He was a player who had a scant Australian career, right? I mean, he had as many didn't play college basketball questions surrounding him as James Wiseman did. And it was the, you know, peak of all COVID uncertainty. And I mean, how much can you learn about players in Zoom meetings and not having, you know, half the face-to-face time that you might have had in a normal leading up to the draft process? There were no clear waters which revealed who the pick should be. As a matter of fact, Ray, there are never clear waters. The drafting process is always getting lucky, looking through muddy water. We can talk about how, well, this guy was definitely going to click. But there have been countless definitely going to click guys that did not click. And someone here on the Xfinity Mobile text line brings up a great point. A great point saying... Anyone who says, should have took LaMelo, like I can find you 8 to 11 teams who also should have drafted Steph and Clay. That's the draft. And that is an incredibly reasonable way to look at it. That's the draft. You're going to hit on some. You're going to miss on others. And maybe you even hit on someone in the second round to the point where that someone becomes Draymond Green. Maybe you miss on someone at the top of the draft so dramatically that someone was James Wiseman. Yeah, I, they needed a position that this draft wasn't going to offer, is what it gets down to. And given the fact that they, I think, were out of options you know, in the veteran big guy aisle, they had to roll the dice on a guy they had next to no information on, relatively speaking. Because usually the second pick in the draft, you've got tape on tape on tape. And there wasn't any of that. I mean, he was declared ineligible after three games. So, you know, what you were getting was practice tape. And they gambled that what he lacked, they could teach him. But they couldn't, in part because what he had to learn was stuff that his physical gifts alone weren't going to get him. He had to become a smarter, nuanced player And I don't mean that he was not a smart guy. I mean that he had to learn how the Warriors use their center. And it it didn't mesh. I mean, the Warriors saw him more than anybody else once they got him. But I think, and, and this is another possibility. Maybe what they saw from him when he was down in, in Santa Cruz was a guy whose, whose injuries had taken a little bit of his physical gifts away. We don't know that either. But as long as we're going to speculate about stuff we don't know. Let's go all the way. Yeah, let, let's, let's use the whole panoply. Maybe he's not as spry an athlete post-injury as he was before. And I don't know. And nobody else does. Remember, before LaMelo even got, I think, to Australia. He was kicking it around Lithuania for a little while. Somebody here on the text line says, Damon, yeah. remember the Welcome to Lithuania song? Do I? Do I? Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. 
I remember the Welcome, welcome. to Lithuania song. Like, that's how much we were joking about LaMelo Ball. Do you remember the Welcome to Lithuania song? I put it out of my mind pretty quick. Somewhere between the and the I do remember. We didn't have time to enjoy it in its five minutes entirety, but I also remember talking so much about LaMelo Ball and what he wasn't doing to impress people overseas that... We, we we got another sound bite out of all that. The they sucked at defense. I mean, that was an actual thing that they were using. Like Lithuanian broadcasters were talking about Lamelo Ball, and they're like, "Yeah, like offensively, he's got some skills, but they sucked at defense." It was a big part of how they, you know, basically talked about him. They sucked at defense. <laughs> so there you go. Still up? Uh, did did we get it over there? They sucked at defense. Yeah. I do remember the welcome to Lithuania song. How am I supposed to say this name in Fremont? Schleprock. Schleprock. He's called before. Okay. Sorry. Schleprock it is. No schlep. What's going on? Hey, listen, the, the, the Warriors kind of have a track record, at least in the last three or four years, of kind of giving up or letting go young guys, in my opinion, a little bit early. Who have they, they gotten wrong? I'm not here to say you're wrong, but who have they gotten it wrong on? Because they didn't, they didn't, well, you know. I don't know. I'm no, I don't know if I'm saying they got it wrong, but it just seems like it's a track record. I liked Patrick McCall and thought he had potential, and they let him go. Or I don't know if it was him leaving, or if they let him go. They, I like Kelly Oubre. He wasn't really young, but I mean, I'd rather have either one of those guys on my bench right now other than uh, Ty Jerome or, or uh, Anthony Lamb or maybe even DiVincenzo. You know, it's just, it just seems like they have a track record. They don't have the yeah, patience. I, here's the thing. You, you had me right up until maybe even DiVincenzo. Now, DiVincenzo can play, and here's the weird thing. Ty Jerome, in a weird way, can. He had the second best plus minus in the game last night. Uh, he was plus 12. And look, I never looked at Patrick McCaw and thought, oh, yeah, the future will be secure because of that guy. Sorry, Schlepprock. He was a bit piece. And he, but he was helpful to them. Yeah, to dude, he's out, he, he, he got, he got but, run with the Warriors. He got bounced to Toronto. Toronto gave him, like, the smallest of run. He's on their Raptors championship team and has not been heard of since. So it's not like Patrick McCall became an NBA success story. Yeah, and I'm not sure which of the following people that the Warriors should have given more run to. And I'm Josh just, Jacobs, no, couldn't well, play. No, I'm going to go back to the year after they took Draymond Green. They didn't have a pick in 13 or 14, so can't give anybody a shot there. 15, Kavon Looney, with all the surgeries you could possibly want. They were incredibly patient with him, and now they're paying. That's paying off. Damian Jones, Jacob Evans, Mie Oni, Eric Paschal, Jordan Poole, Justinian Jessup, Nico Mannion, James Weissman, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, and the three guys who we haven't seen yet this year. So I'm not even going to put them in the group. For the most part, they pick late in late in rounds, if they pick at all. And no, they you know Kelly Oubre it, you know, was a modified disaster. He wasn't very good at all. No, he didn't fit what they did, who they were. He was trying to get paid, which I get. It was that was that was a that was a bad judgment by the Warriors because they thought everybody would want to play the way the Warriors do, and he he and, was looking for to, to cash in. Well, and here's the deal too: he was brought in to see what kind of a compliment he could be to the Warriors as they existed in the Steph Curry, Clay Thompson era. Clay Thompson tore his Achilles, and Steph Curry broke his wrist, what, five games into that year. So yeah. we never got to see what you look like in the scenario that literally defines who the Warriors are. So that it just, there's, there, there are some bad, I don't know what the Warriors have suffered from more here. Bad timing or bad decisions? Because decisions might have borne themselves into better decisions had the timing of injuries around them not always been sort of rearing its head. No, there's one decision that they made was poor, and it's still proving to be poor. The two-timeline decision. But 
because how bad was it when in year number one of the two timeline decision they're NBA champs? Even though those kids weren't involved very much in it, it didn't hurt them from winning a title last year. But it created, and Sedano said it himself, they look like they're two different teams. And I think their fundamental error there was in trying to figure out three years ahead of time when the veterans were going to run out of tread. And because they wanted to get that done quickly, I think they, you know, they tried to introduce more guys into a system that's hard to learn after showing year in and year out that the guys who could pick up the system best are the guys who've been in the NBA already. And, you know, I'm not going to write off Moody yet, although there doesn't seem to be much evidence that he's going to help. Kaminga, I think, will be a help, and that's not a huge leap of knowledge on my part. But for the most part, the Warriors, I think we're in too much of a hurry to try to guess when their most important players are going to be too old. And I think that's backfired on them. Before yesterday's game, Steph Curry gave us 90 seconds on what he thought of James Wiseman's tenure with the Warriors. Here's what Steph had to say about James Wiseman. I mean, it's such a unique situation from jump where, you know, we're coming off of five straight finals appearances. We have a down year, second pick. It was a guy that, you know, on paper filled a need for us in terms of, you know, big presence like that that could be athletic on both ends of the floor. And I know it's been well documented just the ups and downs that he's had in his whole career with the injuries, the COVID stuff they had, you know, first training camp to the meniscus the, uh, surgery and, you know, the challenges there. Every time he started to figure out a little bit of momentum and show the signs, he had something kind of pull him off the floor for whatever reason. So he never really could figure out just the availability part and that was nothing he could control there. It was just a matter of, you know, how, how the cars were dealt. And I think we all love James like that's the biggest thing it's it's a guy that you you root for it's a guy that you know will be able to figure it out it's a guy that approaches every part of his job the right way has a great attitude considering everything he's been through and the expectations around him and the conversations around him so a lot of confidence that he'll be around this league for a long time I don't know what his ceiling is but it's a guy I want to see if you know figure it out and have an opportunity I know it's been said it just wasn't going to be here because of you know all those circumstances and the fact that uh, it was just tough to find minutes for him uh, because of what we're trying to do and, and what Lou and Draymond and even J. Mike now bring to the floor. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm excited for him. I hope he does some great things in this league. But I wouldn't bet on it is the one bit of information Steph probably chose not to put in there because they're all trying to lay this down as gently as possible. Well, the, the, the giveaway phrase is figure it out. Because that's such an open-ended way of saying he didn't know what he was doing here. And maybe maybe it's because they gave him things that a player of his age and experience couldn't absorb easily. You know, maybe he, you know, maybe the injury set him back so much he, or maybe he got frustrated in the fact that he wasn't getting much playing time. Whatever the, the pile of circumstances was, Steph Curry, who speaks as gently about most players that he's played with as anybody in the league use the phrase figure it out which indicates that he was as baffled the day of the trade as he was the day they drafted him which is a huge huge sign of no progress which is clearly on the player at some point some of that responsibility comes on the coaches as well maybe maybe not I mean, coach him up. You know, coach him up. It's year three. Yeah, but... It's year three. But there are not... Not everybody gets coached up. By that is, you could coach him up all you want, and maybe it's just... It's but, just not landing. But So I, so we don't even know if, if this was a coaching failure. Well, here is head coach Steve Kerr. And we're going to have Steve, I believe, live at five tomorrow. And hopefully he wants to talk about this, because we want to talk about this with him. This is the second biggest story of the year. Two biggest stories of the year are trading James Wiseman and Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole. These, those are the bookends on an incredibly massively average season of basketball. So I hope 
Steve wants to talk about this. Here's what he said yesterday pregame. It was hard on a personal level because of our affection for James and the talent level. I was all in on taking James when we did. I was part of the group and loved the ability and loved um, everything that we saw. I think you can't always foresee circumstances. You remember at the time we had the worst record in the league. Clay had just torn his Achilles. We didn't really know where we were as a team. Frankly, we didn't know we would win a championship, you know, a, a year and a half later. I think the important thing, and I, I was a, a GM once, not a very good one, but I've been in Bob's shoes. The important thing is in this league, and I think in all sports, is um, you have to move forward. You can't look back. You have to move forward and make whatever moves that are necessary to succeed in the present state of the team and, and going forward. And so that was the determination that the organization made. And so they go forward, they trade a player who essentially they turn into a player that is a trusted agent in Gary Payton II. Then they find out Gary Payton II can't even play for us for the better part of a month plus at the very, very least. And they're actually offered by the NBA. Would you like to redo that? And they still said no. We would rather have a doctor's permission slip on our bench than the concept of maybe James Wiseman can figure it out. So, Steve, again, I, I love Steve. Steve is a basketball diplomat of the first degree. It's why the drama doesn't follow the Warriors around. Every word he speaks is measured twice before it's cut once. And he and Bob are both geniuses at putting the best possible sunny side up projection on something that didn't work. I don't need to hear any more about how they like James Wiseman. What I do want to know, and hopefully what Steve is willing to share with us tomorrow, is why didn't they like James Wiseman? I still know more about what they liked about him than specifically what they did not get out of him. And so I hope he's willing to illuminate why it didn't work as much as he's willing to illuminate how much they truly liked him. That's what I'm hoping we can accomplish during tomorrow's interview. And if it doesn't work out, Ray, I'm just going to blame you. I'll take the blame now. Let's give him the day off. Sweet. I I made him not come on. Uh, this is Murray and Concord. And then we need to talk some, some football here. What do you got, Murray? Hi, guys. I um, You know, I, I remember that draft. It was only three years ago. And it seemed to me that it was a number one, number two or number one. It was consensus, Anthony Edwards or Wiseman. I think any team would have probably taken him at number two at that point. There wasn't really a clear number three even. I know everybody's talking about Ball and he went third, but at that point, if I remember that draft correctly, it wasn't really clear. No. I mean, it. it you are in perfect memory of that draft. And let's be honest, number one wasn't evident. It started to leak that, you know, the Timberwolves do like Anthony Edwards here. And the Warriors apparently weren't impressed by Anthony Edwards during his workout where Steve Curry even said, you need to play harder, dude. You need to go harder. And Anthony Edwards, and you'll hear the, you know, every single time he plays the Warriors, Bob Fitzgerald brings up the story that Anthony Edwards, you know, even appreciates to this day the level of honesty Steve Kerr gave him when they went out to dinner that night. And he basically said, look, kid, we're not drafting you, but here's what you need to do to be a successful NBA player. You need to play harder. You, were not, you, you weren't going hard enough in your draft workout, and that's a bad way to start a career. So I don't even know, had the Timberwolves taken James Wiseman number one overall, that they would have even taken Anthony Edwards number two overall. That but, might have been LaMelo. Yeah, but they weren't going to take Wiseman because the debate in Minnesota was, did they take Edwards or Ball? Wiseman was not a part of that conversation. Because they had Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, so, I mean, again... But then you, they go out and they trade for Rudy Gobert, so ha-ha. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, basically when you go into a draft, there are two ways to go. You get the best player available, or you try to fill a desperate need. And usually if you're picking that high, you have your choice. Because even if you pick for need, unless you're a moron, um, you'll, you'll get somebody of use. Everybody knew who the top three in that draft probably were going to go, but the order in which they were going to go, we did not know that until they actually went in that order. Yeah, it was either Ball, Wiseman, 
Edwards or Edwards Wiseman Ball. Everybody agreed. And the drop-off was at four. And everybody agreed about that, too. And as it's turned out, with only a couple of exceptions, that's where the drop-off ended. I mean, that's where it showed up. Patrick Williams has done next to nothing. Isaac Okoro, okay, but, you know, right. no not, not earth-shattering. No one's selling Isaac Okoro yeah. tickets. Um, you know, Okongwu, okay. Sure. But, you know, not, not, a, not, a, not, a, not a game changer. Um, Killian Hayes has been largely a disappointment. Obi Tompin has been largely a disappointment. Denny Avdia is having trouble getting minutes in, in San Antonio. Uh, or Washington. Improving, though. Improving, but still. Jalen Smith, you almost never see him. It takes till the 12th pick for you to get somebody who you know is going to play 10 years in the league. Go, Ducks. Tyrese Halliburton. Went to Iowa State. Oh, that's right. He went to Iowa State. Pardon me. Go, Clones. Who are you on? Who? Who's that? Who's... who's well, the next draft, there was Chris Duarte. It was Chris Duarte. Maybe the uh, Warriors might have taken instead of Moody, but they chose Moody. That's right. Yeah. Duarte did go to the Pacers. Correct. Had a decent rookie year, but has had some injuries and hasn't been as good this year. See, that's mm-hmm. why I got my Halliburton Duarte mixed. The Pacers yeah. confused the, me. The big deal duck in the 2020 draft was Peyton Pritchard. That's right. Yeah, go Ducks. Who semi worked out for Boston, but they even were shopping him at this past deadline. Well, were they shopping or were people asking about him? Because that's the one thing I hate about draft draft deadline phraseology. Are you making calls to get rid of guys or are you taking calls because people want your guys? Was that a pass ball or a wild pitch? I hear you. Yeah. They're two but I mean, it, it, there's a pretty significant difference. There is. Especially to the pitcher or catcher who's getting it scored upon. By the way, pitchers and catchers, the next 24 hours, yay baseball. Maybe a little on that, certainly a little on the NFL and much more on the NBA and the way it all kind of shakes out and looks at it right now because Bobby Marks is going to join us, ESPN's NBA front office insider. He is live at 5. Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game. We're brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. On 95.7 The Game. So, Warriors Live is coming up in a little bit more than an hour from now. We got game two of a back-to-back. Warriors were able to find a win at Chase Center last night over the Washington Wizards. Tonight, they're down in Los Angeles to take on the Clippers. Klay Thompson is playing. Andrew Wiggins is not. It's too bad because Andrew Wiggins played very, very well last night. He is not even out like uh, DNP load management. It is a personal reason. So hopefully everything is okay with the Wiggins is the family around him. Uh, And uh, Clay Thompson is playing tonight. It's going to be the first time he has played the second half of a back-to-back since his back-to-back devastating injuries. Sideline him to begin with. We've got Bobby Marks joining us. Coming up at the top of the hour in about 10 minutes from right now. And uh, Warriors Live, starting at 6 o'clock, brought to you by Xfinity. Supercharge your Wi-Fi, unbeatable internet only from Xfinity. So, Ray, before we get back into Bobby Marks and the NBA and everything that happened at the trade deadline and what the Western Conference looks like, 
We got some NFL news today, and it's significant. Look, I know we don't talk about the Raiders very much anymore. After all, they're no longer here. But today, a huge decision was made by that franchise as they said goodbye to their all-time leading passer, Derek Carr, who's got the most patching, passing touchdowns in franchise history. His 65% completion percentage is the best in team history. Minimum three starts. Matt Flynn was just a little bit better than him in his two starts. He played 142 games for the Silver and Black. That's the fifth most in team history. Only three fewer games than Marcus Allen played for them. Look how poorly that ended. And this Derek Carr situation ends poorly for the Raiders. And really, they didn't do right by him in any particular year of his career with the Raiders. A lot of criticism, a lot of blame fell on him. He was actually the best thing the team had through almost every single one of his nine years with the team. He really, really was. Yesterday, Ross Tucker on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. So this isn't me saying it. This isn't you getting an opportunity to say, Damon, you're a Raiders hater. No, this is how poorly that franchise is run. And this is someone who is unbiased talking you through it. What a disaster by the Raiders. I mean, they gave him a new contract last year, which paid him like over $5 million more than he was supposed to make, number one. And then, okay, you're going to give him a contract because you want to control his rights. Well, then you give him a no-trade clause so you don't control anything. Now they're going to cut him. Think about this. They would have been better off just letting him play out the last year of his contract, letting him go in free agency, and getting the compensatory pick. I mean, they paid him more money lost control, lost the compensatory pick. Congratulations, Raiders. You don't know what you're doing. That should be a t-shirt. Congratulations, Raiders. You don't know what you're doing. They never do, right? I mean, it's not us. It's not us being overly critical. They are the Cleveland Browns with better unis. I don't mind the Browns unis that much. But the Raiders are better. Eh. Oh, you can't eh. That's very, a, it's an they're, awesome uniform. They're very monochromatic, though. Whatever. It's, 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 a, it's an awesome uniform. They, they, need, they need alternatives. They need alternate jerseys. Yeah, yeah, From the one year that they were gold and black. Radically disagree with that. It's That's the okay. only thing about the franchise to me that is just it's, you know, borderline perfect. The, the problem with the Raiders is they've had so much front office instability that they don't know what they believe in anymore. They can spot. Josh Jacobs and Max Crosby, and they can buy Devontae Adams. In fact, they, you know, for a team that essentially is always on the verge of being broke, they always seem to, you know, make one deep splash in free agency every year. But in terms of a coherent philosophy, they haven't had that really since five years before Al Davis died which goes back to almost 20 years now. They don't know what they're doing because the Derek Carr thing, it smacks of just an impetuous decision made in anger, not one that's made in logic. He did not have a good year last year. That's indisputable. It was, you know, he's been on a sort of a downward trend. But they didn't lose games because he wasn't good enough. They lost games because their defense stinks. And somebody here on the Xfinity Mobile text line just says Carr wasn't very good. He was never given an opportunity to be very good. And he actually, with the production that he put up, again, you'll say he's not very good. He leaves the franchise as your all-time touchdowns and passing yardage leader. So imagine if that guy had been surrounded for just a moment with some competence. If he was able to overcome everything that he was able to overcome to become number one in the record book in the two most important passing statistics, touchdowns and yards, imagine what he might have done had he not been on the bumbling, got everything wrong around him, Oakland Raiders, who became the Las Vegas Raiders, who didn't get better once they moved to Las Vegas. Look, this guy had six different NFL head coaches in nine NFL seasons. 
That's insane. You want to talk about instability? Every single new head coach, just instead of saying the word coach, call it a new language, Ray, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Tampa. It's a new language. It's a new language. He had to learn nine different, six different languages in nine years. Remember, he started with Dennis Allen, who gave away to Tony Sperano, who gave away to Jack Del Rio, who gave away to John Gruden, who gave away to Rich Bisaccia, who gave away to Josh McDaniels. What's crazy are the two interim coaches, Sperano and Bisaccia, might have given him the best chance to win, and those are the two guys they moved away from as fast as they could. Derek Carr never had a defense ranked better than 20th in his entire Raiders career. The 26.3 points per game that were so surrendered by his team are the most points per game any quarterback has ever had to overcome with at least 50 starts in modern NFL history. Now, he's guilty of the following things. Offending the owner, not overcoming the shortcomings of his team elsewhere, and never mind what his career passing numbers were. I mean, they they got a quarterback that they believed in. They gave him nine years. And really, what changed this year more than anything else was Mark Davis got tired of him. And he just said, I don't want to do this anymore. That's what changed. He was sacked 264 times in 142 games. Oh, no. I, I mean, basically, he was told to save a bad franchise. And what I will tell you now, no quarterback is good enough to save a bad franchise. Can't be done. If you have a bad owner, you lose. If you have bad coaches, you lose. If you don't have enough talent around you, you lose. If you never have a defense above 20, how are you going to win? Well, you could win if you score, you know, 30th, 30 oh, points a game. That's, it. that's all Derek needs that's to all do? That's all he had to do. He only needs to score 34 a game and you should be in the barn. I mean, that's the thing. That's what's so stupid about quarterback wins and losses the Raiders weren't 6-11 this year because Derek Carr was a 6-11 quarterback it's because they were a 6-11 team and they earned every bit of that record they didn't tackle anybody they didn't prevent people from marching down the field on them and again I'll reiterate it the guy on the text line who clearly has nothing better to do with his day is right that he wasn't very good this year and he wasn't terribly good last year but he's not the reason why that's a bad franchise think of how many times did he have to uncork a bad pass in the name of i got to make something happen because no one else on the team was making anything happen because his defense had given up 28 points in the first half yet again i mean that guy was always chasing another number on the scoreboard more than he was looking for the right place to put the football and Let's be honest, he's in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. So he looks like all of a sudden, like there's rust in the, in the joints. And he's the guy who's been around too long. I mean, he, he fell out of fashion is what his crime was. And he may go to another team and be no better. Because I don't know how he fixes Carolina. And New Orleans is kind of a mess. Those are the two teams that are listed as the most likely landing spots for him. But here's the thing. I don't think Carolina is the cancerous, cannot play football at any level of their organization that we made them out to be. They actually played pretty well even after they traded Christian McCaffrey. They just need a quarterback and a coach who isn't Matt Rule. And they have that now, and we'll see what happens if they, they actually get a that quarterback. Matt Rule. That's, another, that's another front office I'm not <laughs> hanging a lot of glory on. What's, here's the thing. What Derek Carr needed was a new set, fresh start. Now he's going to get it. It's going to be fascinating to see what he looks like in another uniform. Yeah, I mean, I just think that you know, he was basically drafted by the by the Raiders, promptly had a hand tied behind his back, and every time it looked like he'd wriggled free, they came in behind him and tied it up again. I mean, they got they didn't get what they deserved from Carr. They and Carr didn't deserve what he got from them. So ultimately, this is a failed marriage. And it failed largely because the guy who wrote the check that Ross Tucker 
pointed and explained, decided, well, I don't want to spend that anymore. I'm tired of this. I want something new. Well, he'll get something new. Bad owner, bad coaches, bad GMs, bad teammates, bad defenses. It's a lot to overcome. Oh, bad offensive line. Let's get that in there, too. Yeah. It's a lot. It's an awful lot. Not enough really good players, let's put it that way, because they do have some excellent players. Just not nearly enough. And as soon as you found one who was guaranteed to be excellent, you traded him to Chicago as fast as you could, which is really weird, too. Anyway, uh, welcome, boys and girls, to your 5 o'clock hour. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.